This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now keeping himself with Martinez 5. He is going to be in touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge. Runs in from 15 yards out. Tie the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets one over the Florida Gators. Now shoots the three. Got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land. And a good time was had by all. Good Saturday morning. I believe that's exactly how Cole would say it. Running a couple minutes late on this Easter weekend, but not a problem. We get the show rolling here. I've got a bunch of food out in front of me. I will hold off on that until the breaks. How are you guys doing? I know things are different on this Easter weekend. Going to... uh, Got a good show for you. Got a number of things we need to break down. A bunch of roster changes still for women's basketball. We're going to be talking with uh, former Husker uh, Terrell Newby. He's going to be on the show with us as well. He is taking his life in a new path. Sure, you saw the articles, a number of things. Uh, This week, we're going to have him on here uh, straight in his words, what he has decided to do. and at this time, also going to refer you, make sure you keep checking out KLIN.com slash HelpLNK. There's still a number of businesses. Things keep changing a little bit every single day. And as those things change, keep checking on those businesses that are there. Uh, those businesses, whether they're changing, they, they're still doing carryout. They're still doing drive-through. Uh, yeah, Colt, welcome welcome to uh, to the studio. I, I know you just found my buffet that I had laid out for myself over there. Good Saturday morning. Uh, did you bring me breakfast? That's very Actually, nice. Actually, yeah, one of the hash browns is for you. Oh, you did? You shouldn't have. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, a good show lined up. Cole in, in studio now. Um, Cole, there's... Construction on 40th Street. It threw me off again. Hey, there we go. There's your live traffic live traffic update. It's been um, there for over a week. That but... is a lot of Kansas City gear you got on, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they won the Super Bowl. I'm not did, sure if you heard. Did you just you know, get... Before the world went to, you know... Did you just get those in? No. I've had this shirt for probably three weeks, four weeks. Okay. The hat I've had for a few years. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> I actually watched some highlights on YouTube, I think, on Thursday. If you if you must know, Super you were Bowl watching highlights. highlights of that. I was the mic'd up. So yesterday I went just because Sports Nightly had the radio call of the 1988 Oklahoma State Nebraska football game. Oh yeah, the Barry Sanders game. Yep. I uh, I decided to to YouTube some of those clips. That was dirty. The game was nuts. <laughs> I mean, Barry Sanders is in 1988, one of the all time great seasons of anybody any position in college football history, but Nebraska's Offense in '88, also legit. Well, no, no, was it? It was Kent Pavelka on the call, right? Yes, I, I, I believe he said during the game that you see it with Barry Sanders; he can do everything you want someone to do on a football field. Yep. And Nebraska just did it better. Yeah, and that—that's—that's that's one of those things that you look at that and go, "Okay, that's one of the best to have ever done it." And Nebraska said, "Well, we're going to score what four times in the first like twenty plays." Yeah. <laughs> It's not bad. Yeah, 63 to 44. Yeah, 63-42. Yeah. No no field goals needed there. <laughs> no, just just keep scoring. Yeah. That's Yeah, that was that was a good uh that's a good one to to throw back to. Uh, one of the one of the things that I saw this week 
was the uh, every I think everybody's doing this now with with bracketing. You're just there's nothing else to do sports wise, and that's a lot of my Twitter feed, and and so literally every sports entity has a bracket of some sort going. Even the Huskers. Well, yeah, the Huskers have theirs going. Um, you have, I think, Yahoo Sports has been doing it. The greatest teams in each sport. Yeah. Which recency bias? LSU from 2019 mm-hmm. beat 95 Nebraska. Yeah. I don't think that will last for very I, long. I saw a different one that had it was best teams of the modern era, and they went from 94. Uh huh. Guess who three of the final four teams were? Was it 94, 95, 97 Nebraska? That is correct. Yeah. Was that the pigskin preview? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of those out there and look, I mean, this is, this is a tough situation for everybody. Um, some much more than others, but one of the things that it does give everybody a chance to do is kind of look back and remember some of the things that they might otherwise have forgotten and, and compare and contrast, things from back then to, to what we look at now. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there just on, on, you know, people who listen to this show. I wasn't watching Nebraska football when Steve Taylor was running the offense. I wasn't um, alive. I, well, yeah, there's that. Yeah. God. Um, I, I wasn't watching when the Weebacks were tearing it up in the big eight in 1991. Um, I started watching in 93 with the, you know, Charlie Ward, Florida State game at the end, and Corey Dixon, and yeah, that anything further back, you know, you have to kind of make a concerted effort to go back and watch. The and, first teams I really remember are Eric Crouch. Yeah. yeah. I, the, the, the first time I remember being on the playground more vividly, pretending I was Jamal Lord. Hmm. Than I do anything about really the '90s. Yeah, and you could do worse than Jamal Lord. That's a hell of an athlete. Yeah, that was usually when you were all-time quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that that's one of the th- the night. I mean, if you're looking for silver linings and all this stuff, I mean, that's one thing where you know maybe like me, like if you have kids and they are you know they're stuck inside with you as well. Like I have you know been able to show you know, our, our older two or six and eight, like, Hey, this is, this is something that happened a long time ago and they haven't seen it. And I can show you and talk to you about it. And, you know, I probably wouldn't have done that had there been like a, you know, current day Royals game on or a current day NBA playoff game, you know, whatever else you're watching or paying attention to. There Um, was an old, uh, they streamed on Facebook, I believe basketball game over Kansas what year was they were in the big eight. Oh, 1990 was that 91 but was that the Jamar Johnson winner where they ended up winning by four at the end oh, Dickie okay. B Not was the Jamar there Johnson won then okay um but yeah wa- watching that I was uh because Nebraska went to a 1-3-1 in the second half yeah and just tore Kansas apart it was um, watching that game even just streamed on Facebook I'm watching that going I love the I, you and I both love the thirty for thirty documentaries. Yes. Anytime you you can go back and you can see old North Carolina State, you can see Requiem for Biggies, you you can see all of these different things. But watching these old Nebraska games, where there's that big eight on the floor, I wasn't around. I wasn't really around to watch that. Like I, the yeah. only thing I really knew about Nebraska was Big Twelve. Yep. Um, my dad, of course, played in the Big Eight, mm-hmm. uh, played baseball, but. He was at a number of those games because my grandparents had season tickets to to basketball. Yeah, just watching some of those, going, man, I 
you, you don't you don't think about it. Anyone if you it's one of those things that if you didn't really pay attention to it, you just didn't really know it existed. Mm-hmm. So although yeah, pe- people can can talk about it and now obviously I've been here since October just watching it going, man, this is something that everyone is almost like required watching while we go through all this without live sports. Yeah, and and the fun thing is if you go far back enough you go to an age where the conference names actually matched the number of teams <laughs> in those conferences. The Big Ten had 10 teams until Penn State joined in like... 90, 90, 90 91? Yeah, something like that. Uh, the, but then they got really sweet with the logo. They did change. You had the little hidden 11, the hidden in, 11 there, in there, which, you know, it is what it is. They couldn't do anything so you fancy have to, for 14. So but. what you're saying is you have to go before I was alive for every conference to match their numbers. Yes, because you are a child. Um, yeah, speaking of that, though, um, my birthday is supposed to be coming up in this, this November, but I'm very attached to the Olympics, so I would like to follow their uh, their lead. My 30th birthday will not be until Just gonna push 2021. All right. That's good. Yeah, the the uh, Olympic swim trials just got set for uh, a, a week in June of 2021, uh, which coincidentally is the first week of the College World Series, so that'll be fun up there in North Omaha. That you know what that's that's one of the fun things about there there are a lot of great things come through Lincoln, but having Omaha just right up the road, getting the obviously having the College World Series, yeah. But as soon as Omaha got the swim trials, that's one of those things that like I'm not giant into swimming, yeah. But I obviously the swimming world focuses on Eastern Nebraska for a few days. And that that's mm-hmm. one of those things that you see some of the best swimmers in the world because the United States has some of the best swimmers in the world. Yeah. And, and it's, it's pretty cool that, you know, Omaha's kind of carved out its own niche there. They've done that. Uh, I think this would be the fourth time they've hosted the swim trials. Um, and yeah, Omaha does events, right? Obviously the college world series has been there for decades. Um, you've got other events that go there that, that are, you know, pretty popular. They do really well financially and, and yeah, the swim trials are going to be there. And as as we keep getting stuff pushed out, uh, you've seen uh, what was what was the the latest thing that was something that was scheduled for July. I forget what it was, but it was scheduled for July, and it's already been delayed. Mm-hmm. Um, the further things get pushed out, I mean, the more the more you hear the public health experts kind of talk about things, the more you realize we are on the edge in terms of seeing fall sports. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a it's not a foregone conclusion that this thing's just going to be done and we'll be able to get back to normal like even even if there are fall sports, who knows if you'll be allowed inside Memorial Stadium. That's the big to thing. watch the game yep. as a fan. Like there's so many moving parts to this in terms of what needs to happen on the public health side in terms of knowing where where the where the disease is, where the virus is, um, there's so much knowing. Uh, if you're if you're going to need to make scheduling changes, if you're going to need to make practice adjustments, and if the NCAA is going to legislate that, or they're going to just let the conferences do it, uh, all of those different decisions um, obviously are probably getting talked about, but none of them have yet to be you know publicly determined or maybe even made at all. And I I just. There's a lot of stuff that's going around on on social media and a lot of people accusing other people of you're not being, you know, don't don't take hope away from people and da, 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 da. like look, everybody, let me just let me just say this 
It's not going to shock many people, but it might some. Everybody wants sports back. Everybody. Like, the people who don't even watch sports probably want sports back so that the people in their life that do have sports will be able to go back to some form of normalcy and they'll stop going insane because there's no sports. Everybody wants it back. Everybody is hopeful. That's where everybody's at. And then you move to the next level of, okay, is it going to happen? Some people are more optimistic. Some people are more pessimistic. Some Major people League are, Baseball could have some interesting divisions. Yeah. Grapefruit League, Cactus League, there you go. That's one way to do it. Um, though Florida is not in as good of shape as no. Arizona is. That's another story. But there's, there's just a lot of stuff that has to happen. And I don't know that you would put me in the pessimistic camp, but I'm just trying to be realistic about it. And if there, look, we're going to be on the downward side of this curve within the next few weeks, but that we're still not going to have a vaccine. We still might not have some sort of medication that, that can slow it down or treat it or prevent it from spreading or whatever it, whatever it may do. If those things aren't around, sports is not going to be around. At least not in the same form that we remember them in. And you have to have the mass-produced, that 5- to 15-minute, the rapid response testing. If you're going to play play these sports, you have to have that because you pretty much have to test everyone before every practice and before every game. Yeah, Ideally, that's that's what has to happen. And if you want fans to be able to go, you need to have that same thing. Maybe you can, you know, you can can get a, uh, a little certificate that you can carry around with you that says, hey, on... On August 29th, I tested negative, or I tested uh, positive for the antibody. I already had it, and I'm I am not going to spread. You know what have you? There's a lot of stuff that has to happen. Yeah, um, and we're I think we're still a ways away from that. And so, be hopeful. Obviously, everybody is, but be realistic about it. I guess is my is my uh, my thought. All right. Well, hey, I'm going to do this, and you're in the you're on the other side. But I know this I'll is go weird. ahead and take us. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll switch this around. Hey, Terrell Newby's coming up. Um, he's got a really really interesting story uh, about what he's doing with his life here. Um, former Husker was in the NFL for a bit. Um, he's going to join us next to tell us about what he's doing. Stick with us here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. All right, Caleb's taller than me, so I have to move this microphone down like a <laughs> foot. Sorry. I was not a Division One athlete. Spoiler alert. Hey, I was I was only a mid-major Division One athlete. Hey. Do you want to talk to a Power 5 Division One athlete? You know what? Let's do that. <laughs> We've got two Division One athletes on the show now. This is uh, K-Line Husker Hour. I'm Cole Stukenholz. That's Caleb Henry. And on the line with us, former Husker, former... Uh, part of the show and still friend of the show, Terrell Newby, former Husker here in uh, Lincoln. Uh, Terrell, thanks a lot for joining us this morning. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thank you guys for having me. Great to be back on. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while since we did that uh, signing day special, uh, Frost's first signing day, um, uh, over yeah. at uh, a place that has since been torn down. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah, it's good, good to hear from you. Good to have you back. And uh, for folks who don't know, um, tell everybody what you are uh, going to be doing here soon. So uh, this summer, I'm uh, attending uh, basic training for the United States Army. I've uh, already enlisted, and now I'm in a. Uh, I'm a specialist in the uh, uh, Nebraska National Guard uh, Army Guard. So, yeah, that that's uh, the path that I'm that I'm uh, chosen now, and I'm I'm very excited for it. 
Well, two things right off the bat there. Congratulations as well as thank you um, for making that decision. What what went into into that decision to do that? I've got a number of friends and family who are currently in the guard, different different branches. What into what went into that decision for you? Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, pretty much this this really stemmed from uh, you know me being at a, a point where uh, I had to choose you know kind of where I wanted to go. Um, with uh with football you know and uh with the xfl and uh kind of how that was going for me and uh I, I, you know i've I've always had a interest in joining the military and it really stemmed from my father who uh is a veteran and he served in the uh, 1980s and that's kind of that's just how i was brought up you know on these military and army values he was an active duty soldier and uh he was an airborne soldier and i mean i really aspired to do that i never thought i'd actually you know have the opportunity because you know, played football since I was six, but I mean, even in my workouts and like how I trained and, you know, we'd be getting up at five in the morning and going out, I'll be going out with him. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of how I was brought up on, on those army values. But, you know, I was, never thought I'd actually be at a point in my life where, you know, I could really sit down with myself and be like, hey, well, with the, without football, you know, what else would I really be wanting to do right now? And uh, I'm, I'm glad I had that opportunity and I jumped on it. Terrell Newby joining us here on the K-Line Husker Hour. Uh, Terrell, I, I understand you're going to go into the Airborne Infantry um, as well, similar to what your dad did, right? Right, right. Is Do you know what what all goes into that? Like, what are types of things for, for folks who aren't, you know, kind of read up on, on what that is? Uh, what types of things would you potentially be doing? What would you be training for? What what skills would that um, require you? Like, Tell us a little bit about that. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, so basically... Uh as a uh, infantryman, I mean, uh, the motto is really, you know, being the queen of the battle. You know, you're, you're out there um, and, uh, you know, are, are really kind of the backbone of, of the military. You know, that's how um, conflicts get resolved and, you know, how um, most of our training is, uh, you know, doing that and, you know, becoming an expert infantryman and being a, an airborne infantryman is basically uh, having the capability to be um, – uh, in a plane and uh, jump out of it and go into a drop zone. So either that's, you know, behind enemy lines to do reconnaissance or, you know, you're already there to, you know, take photos or whatever. And uh, you're already there behind enemy lines or you can do it in a, uh, you know, just in the enemy's backyard. So, yeah, it just gives you more capability. And that, that's definitely something that attracted me, uh, you know, while I was doing that. I said, hey, if I'm going to go after it, you know, I want to, you know, I want to be all in and, you know, do these different things and accomplish some high speed things while I'm in. Wow. Uh, so one of the things that I think a lot of people kind of equate football, um, at least in certain aspects to the military, you've got a lot of, you know, strict training regiments, you've got kind of a top down leadership style. Um, I don't remember if when you were here from 13 to 16, if there was uh, any of the military style trainings that the team did as like a team activity or not. Um, but what, what types of comparisons are there from football uh, to the military as you understand it? Oh yeah. You know, I actually just missed those. I think, you know, coach, coach Pellini would, they would always have uh, some former uh, SEAL team guys come out and they would do workouts with the logs and waking up at two in the morning, just, you know, and guys getting after it. But um, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of, I would compare it to, you know, fall camp um, and, you know, right before the season, just that grind, man, it, it's tough on your body and it's tough mentally, you know, mentally and physically. 
because you got to retain a lot of information in a very short amount of time, and uh, you're still expected to uh, perform at a high level. And, you know, that's I think that's pretty comparable to the military in general. You know, you got to perform under stressful situations at the highest level to me. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think um, definitely there's some things that, that football uh, in general really translates, and there, there's some real good comparables there. One of your teammates, Zach Darlington, uh, also joined the Army after his playing days were done. Had you, is that something that you two ever discussed, joining the military? We haven't. We haven't. I definitely want to reach out to him and uh, see how he likes it and see, see how he's doing now. But, uh, you know, I, I was aware of that when he was uh, when he uh, left, the, left the program. So, yeah, definitely i got to reach out to him and, and check up on him. Terrell Newby joining us here on K-Line Husker Hour, joining uh, the U.S. Army is an airborne infantryman uh, starting basic training in the summer. Um, Terrell, one of the things that I think a lot of people right now in this, um, you know, with dealing with the coronavirus situation, um, everybody's really looking to, you know, do their part. And whether it's just, you know, hey, I have a sewing machine at home and I can't go out, so I'm going to make masks. Or, um, hey, I have, an, I have a a brewery, I can't, you know, I'm not selling alcohol like I used to, so I'm going to make hand sanitizer. Like, uh, was was the coronavirus situation something that kind of helped you uh, make this decision, or was it was it always going to happen? Like, how did that impact things for you? You know, I actually was uh, started looking into this maybe early December of 2019, so okay. the coronavirus in the U.S. wasn't really, you know, mainstream media, and I actually didn't know anything about it. Uh, at that point, so uh, I don't. I don't think that really affected my decision. But you know, now seeing how much that uh, the National Guard is involved in humanitarian efforts, you know, knowing that, especially at this time, that uh, I'll most likely be involved in you know supporting the community and helping those in need at this uh, very important time when a lot of people need it is definitely something that I want to do as well. So we we've seen with a, a number of different people, specifically mostly professional athletes. They're the ones that people are really following on social media. Uh, but gyms are closed, and a lot of those things that people would. Do, what are you doing to stay in shape? Because obviously that's something over the next uh, next month, two months here. You don't want to be kind of falling out of shape before you before you uh, get to basic, right? Right. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's tough right now. I know for all those people, all this, uh, you know, gym rats and everybody that's still trying to get after it, it's tough. You know, for me, I uh, luckily I, there's a track that I go to um, that is usually empty, and I just kind of run, run uh, around the track when it's empty there or around my neighborhood and do some at-home uh, workouts. But uh, for the National Guard, there's a program called Recruit Sustainment Program, which is basically a drill every single month for uh, guys that are uh, leaving basic training and, you know, don't have immediate orders. So uh, it's basically, um, you know, a one week in a month where you're acclimated to drill sergeants, you know, you're acclimated to uh, disassembling and assembling your weapon and, you know, maybe even getting on the range and doing some different uh, physical training. So, yeah, it's a good thing that, that they have uh, the National Guard to kind of get guys uh, ready for basic training. Another minute or two here with Terrell Newby on the KLIN Husker Hour. Um, Terrell, obviously you uh, were a big part of this football program when you were here, um, and and right now we would have been, you know, get, is was this uh, the weekend before the spring game would have been, Caleb? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, so no spring practice. If you were part of the of a football program right now and you didn't have spring practice, you might not have 
uh, summer workouts like you normally would? Like, how do you think you would be able to, you know, stay in contact with all your your uh, the players? How do you st- how do you think you'd stay in contact with the coaches? Keep your regimen going. How how mm-hmm. difficult do you think this part of it is for the team on the roster right now? Yeah, it's tough. It's funny you asked me. I was just talking to some uh, former teammates yesterday about this. And it's got to be tough on the guys, but I'm I'm sure that the coaching staff and the training staff are uh, providing the guys with what they can do, you know, um, if they if they you know if they can any type of way do some type of things to keep them in shape and keep them on top of their uh, uh, playbooks and things like that. So or you know, uh, um, you know, nutrition wise as well. So uh, I'm sure that that the coaching staff and um, nutrition staff and strength and conditioning staff are doing that for these guys because uh it's tough right now you know it's tough like you said gyms are closed and you know it's not a lot of places that you can go to you know actually get a a football working but if you can you know uh, follow the rules and guidelines and um try to get it in so i mean that's pretty much what i'm trying to do and i'm, I'm sure that they're being provided that information so sports nightly as as it airs here on 1400 kli on every friday is playing a radio replay of an old game. If you were to pick one from your playing career, which game would you encourage people to, if they can find a way to go back and listen to it, which one would, would that be as as one of your favorites from when you played here? Oh, man, there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Man, I think everyone loves that Michigan State game. You know, even though yeah. know, I was uh, – individually uh dealing with the injury that whole week that was just a great game man and it was you know to be on national television like that and take down a, a high-ranked team was was awesome i mean memorial stadium was extremely loud that night and it was great you know i don't care what they said about the replay or anything he was in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Hey, well, you know, good for you. I would have probably gone with South Alabama when you got 200 yards, but that's just that's just me. <laughs> um, but uh, no, that's good. Hey, we uh, we really appreciate you joining us, Terrell. And like Caleb said, um, thank you so much for your service. Uh, we all really appreciate what you're going to be doing, um, and uh, we're really happy that uh, that there are people like you who are willing to do that um, for for the country. So uh, thank you, and, and thanks a lot for your time this morning. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. All right, let's have a good one. Thanks, um, Terrell. Terrell Newby uh, here on uh, K-Line Husker Hour. That's, that's a pretty cool deal. We got to talk to Zach right after he joined the Army, um, right after he announced he was joining the Army anyway. And it's Look, I, I, I don't know what it would take for me to take a step like that. I don't know that there is something that would make me take a step like that. I know for me it's going to be about 50 pounds is what's going <laughs> to make me. That's the first step. You're going to have to change your McDonald's. That's the uh, very first step. Oh, they're not sponsored. Yeah, well, hey, you know, everybody's got everybody's got things to uh, to to accomplish. Um, I would probably need to to drop some lbs as well, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably need a little bit more muscle mass. I think you still have a little bit more of that than I do. Yeah, I, I think I. You know what? Let's just somehow morph our bodies together in a way that <laughs> keeps the muscle. And if I can gain a couple inches of your height, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah there we go. Well, that's a fair trade. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that. All right. Um, so yeah, that was very cool. Uh, if you uh, if you came into that late or missed any of that, um, obviously you can catch up with that on the podcast page. Um, we have uh, plenty more to go. A uh, lot. Hey, look, sports aren't happening on the field on the court. 
There's still a lot going on. Um, Caleb and I are going to be back right after this to break all of that down. It was a busy week. Stick right there. We're back after this here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Bring you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Huge thank you to Terrell Newby for joining us in our last segment. Former uh, friend, well, still a friend of the show, former part of the show. He's a co-host for a bit there um, a few years back. He, uh, again, joining the uh, joining the U.S. Army as an airborne infantryman. He's in the Guard now, and he'll be in basic for uh, for the Army uh, this summer. Uh, if you missed any of that uh, conversation, uh, again, our, pa- our podcast page is always there at KLIN.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at KLIN Huskers. Uh, very good stuff. Very uh very revealing um, interview, and as to why he wanted to get into the military, a lot coming from his dad, and and then just wanting to, you know, wanting to do his part um, with, uh, you know, for the country. So that's very cool. Um, I told you once we got off air, I'd yeah. forgotten about that Michigan State game a little bit, but oh, yeah, but, yeah. but over his playing career, mm-hmm. the the first two over his four years that jumped to my head were those big out of conference ones of Miami and the Oregon. Ones, yeah, yeah, Miami the, the home Oregon. ones, Miami and Oregon. Obviously, as you reminded me. There was someone ahead of him against Miami. Yeah, I, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of him. <laughs> yeah, well, I so Amir Abdul obviously, and and I remember Amir just blowing people up on some of his runs in the third and fourth quarter, and it just—I mean—that crowd was out for blood already. <laughs> but oh my goodness, some of those Amir runs—it was just—it really highlighted uh, some of the the some of the the hard feelings between those two programs for for as much as there has been the distance between the Miami games and especially the bowl games that memorial stadium atmosphere was i believe the word you could just say lit yes it, it was good as the kids say look people around here remember stuff like everybody knows nebraska fans are knowledgeable they also have a very long memory that's uh, the reason of any and, slight whatsoever. That's the reason nobody cheers for Florida State at the College World Series, and that's why, <laughs> for whatever reason, a lot of people don't like Kirk Herb Street. I like Kirk Herb Street, mm-hmm. but you know, people are still kind of hurt about the online, on TV, live broadcast of uh, the the best college football team ever. Oh, when like he was just freaking out, four or five, and he was freaking out about oh one Miami losing to like nineteen seventy one Nebraska. Yeah, and the final was ninety five and seventy one Nebraska, yes. and he was it doesn't even matter. It's Nebraska. Uh. Yeah, which whatever. Um, that's so, a great clip to go YouTube, by the way, if you haven't. Yes. Um, also, uh, mid two thousands. This is this is something I think that Sean Callahan of, of Rivals uh, of Husker Online pointed out. Um, in the mid two thousands, there was a quarterback from Papillion La Vista who was uh, offered by a Power Five school, K State, as a quarterback, mm-hmm. Alan Everidge. Um, since then, since I think it was 2004, there has not been a Nebraska high school quarterback offered as a quarterback by a Power Five program. Are you bringing this up because of the Carney Catholic gear I'm wearing? Yes. Well, not necessarily because of the gear, but nice, nice timing on you. Yeah, Carney Catholic's Heinrich Harburg. Harburg. Off- Harburg. Offered by Boston College this week. Um, I think it might have actually been late Saturday. Yeah. Um, the first high school quarterback in Nebraska to be offered as a quarterback by a Power 5 school 
since Alan Everidge in the mid-2000s from Papillion La Vista. And here's the big thing about that. As we said last last Saturday, when there's not these junior days, there's not the summer that you're really going to get to go impress a lot of these schools. You're not going to get to, one, they're not going to get to come to you to watch you do workouts, but you're not going to get to go to them to do workouts. This is the, I would say juniors right now are the hardest hit by all of this because they don't get to raise their profiles at some of these places where all the profiles get raised. You, This is where you either you make or break what your rankings are at your position or in your state. Yeah. And for Heinrich, which first of all, I'll just say he's one of the he's one of the best athletes um, in in the state of Nebraska with what he does at quarterback, but also he pretty good at basketball. Um, I believe he he did well for him off the bench, and uh, I actually I can't even remember if he played this last year just because I wasn't in Carney, but I knew he. But Carney Catholic went to state basketball and C one, and then he is an amazing uh, sprinter and high jumper in track. He he is a legit. I don't and I remember when he was coming in as a freshman because of his height and his wingspan. I was trying to convince his dad to let me take him and have him throw discus. Yeah, because you could just see he has all of the tools to be a tremendous athlete, and he's got a really good arm. He can run really well. He's really smart. Um, I mean, Boston College is gonna take some smart people yeah. over there. But that's one of the things that Nebraska's been looking at him. They've got some other offers out for 2021 and 2022s. So you do, you have to wonder would Heinrich in state be able to raise his profile enough to have more than just a preferred walk-on spot, but I don't think this is going to be the last power 5 offer he gets. I doubt it. Yeah, and he's he's on Nebraska's radar. I don't think there's question about yep. that. It's just, you know, are but they, they wanted him the offer? they wanted him to come yeah. in and see the workouts in person. Yeah. And that's the part that's so tough right now for these juniors especially trying to go through and make those decisions. Yes. And and some of the in-state guys who have gotten offers from Nebraska by the Frost staff, it's been at those junior days. It's been Hey, we want to we want to get you here in person, um, not only to see you work out, but I mean, I think if I'm a high school junior and I'm a, a pretty good athlete in the state, and I have a desire to go to Nebraska to play football as a scholarship athlete and get that offer, I think it's going to land more for me if I get the offer in person as well. It's, mm-hmm. It goes both ways there. Obviously, the staff wants to see if it's legit in person with their own eyes right in front of them, especially around like, uh, you know, similar athletes, but to be the kid and to get that offer in person, that would be a a cool thing too. And again, that's like you said, it's one of those things that they're missing out on with this situation right now. And it's, let's be honest, even with missing bowl games for the last three years, um, it is hard for Nebraska kids to pick somewhere else over Nebraska if they have a scholarship offer. Not to take things back to to when I was a senior in high school, but when I was talking with the University of Nebraska about doing track here, they offered me a preferred walk-on spot. Yeah. I told them if there was a scholarship, I was like as soon they could get halfway through the sentence and I would commit to them. <laughs> Scholar but, sold. Well, yeah, because it's it's part of it is for a lot of folks, it's not just 
about where you want to go. That can be a big part of it, but mm-hmm. it's how do you finance where you want to go to school. Yeah. So a large part of my decision anyway was how do I get some of it paid for? I, I knew I was getting academic scholarships, but where's a little bit of that athletic thing that I've worked so hard for? Um, not not that I couldn't have worked up to it in, in a couple years, but there were other places that had offered that money. Yeah. But as an in-state kid, and my dad having played his last year at Nebraska, this was a place that if you say you'll help me out just a little bit financially, I'm going to come here to wear that N. That, that's very hard for that's still very hard for Nebraska kids to turn down, but the offers have to be there. Yeah, Heinrich, Heinrich's not going to walk on somewhere. No, no. Well, as, I mean, like you said, he's going to have more than just this one opportunity um, in terms of Power Five offers. Um, that is that is for sure. I think, especially getting that offer this soon, and um, yeah, it, Nebraska, I think is going to have to get there. I think they will. It's just a matter of when, and and I think we both know, like you said, it would have been probably that junior day time frame, time frame, and um, now that's kind of up in the air. So um, we've got more uh, Nebraska football uh, news in terms of recruiting um, to get to. There's a big time pass rusher. Within the 500-mile radius, who narrowed down his top six? Does Nebraska make it? Mm-hmm. Does Iowa make it? Um, a few more uh, news and notes. Another kicker. That's right. More kicker news. Um, and then other sports uh, have some uh, some happenings as well. Another a couple of Hall of Fame announcements. And a Big Ten school said absolutely none of their seniors are coming back. Oh yes, for spring sports in 2021. Yeah, somebody didn't read the room. We got to get to that as well. Plenty more here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Stick with us. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Rolling along here on a Saturday morning. No sports, but there's still sports talk for now. And for the foreseeable future, we're not going anywhere. Um, we, uh, we were talking before the break about um, a, a Nebraska kid getting a Boston College offer and a quarterback Heinrich Harburg from Harburg, sorry, uh, from Kearney Catholic, and how that's a pretty big deal for a Nebraska high school athlete to be offered as a quarterback by a Power Five school. Plenty more movement and, in recruiting, and I think the the even bigger part of all of that is that he plays C one football. Yeah, I, I think it's that, not an Omaha kid either. Like yeah, it's it, not even you know no Omaha Lincoln. It's Kearney's not small by Nebraska standards. But yeah, you're right. It's smaller school, smaller division, and that's in. He's not one that was at Carney High, even which plays Class A sports. Yeah, he wasn't at Carney High, and then just trans- transferred over to Carney Catholic. Yeah. No, he's grown up with Carney Catholic. That's he played that size football his whole life, which tells you. And I know we look at it a lot of times. We saw it with a lot of eight man guys. I think back to uh, was it Ott? Like Drew Ott yeah, from Drew Giltner. Ott. Yes. Um, yes. I think back to him, especially when you look at some of that and you go, oh, eight man guys, sometimes even six man guys. And it's, well, how will they transition to the 11 man game? Yeah. Hey, football dudes are football dudes. Yeah. And, and, I, matter, and yeah. Iowa came in and recognized that with a bunch of eight man guys there for, for a few years in a row. Yeah. Very, very true. Um, mentioned a couple other guys that have, uh, that have made, uh, made other decisions in terms of kind of whittling their, their uh their top six or top whatever number down. Um TJ Bowlers. He's a pass rusher out of the state of Iowa. Uh narrowed down his top six. Nebraska is part of it. Um I think some recruiting folks I think are, are still thinking Nebraska's in the uh the catbird seat on that one. Uh, Iowa's not in his top six. Iowa State is 
Um, if I recall, I think Alabama is one of them yeah. as well. Um, and so, look, pass rush, I've been screaming about pass rush since this show started in 2015. It is the biggest need for a defense, uh, period. And Nebraska really hasn't had an elite pass rusher since Randy Gregory. Luke Gifford has flashed at times. Um, you've had other guys. JoJo Doman's been good in spots. But you haven't had that consistent guy who, when you need it on a third down, can go get him. And T.J. Bowlers might be that guy, and he's right in Nebraska's backyard over in the state of Iowa, and he narrows it down, and, and Nebraska still makes the cut. Yeah, I know this is everything you've been harping on, but that is one of those things that you have to have. You Obviously, you, you want to have a couple guys that can do it, mm-hmm. but you have to have one, at least one guy who can go, okay, it's third and long, I can get to you. Yeah. We, we saw it especially last year against Indiana and Purdue. Could not get off the field on third downs, on very obvious passing situations because there was no pressure in the backfield. And in, in a season where you needed to win one more game and you couldn't split between Indiana and Purdue because there wasn't a pass rush, that, I mean, the, uh, other, other issues aside, that's one place that you just go, okay, we got this one guy, he changes that game. Another kid from Iowa, Thomas Fedoni, he's a uh, tight end, 6'4", 218 in Council Bluffs. Um, 24-7 has him as their 40th overall player, uh, top player in the state of Iowa overall. Uh, His top five includes Iowa. He's got Iowa, Nebraska, Notre Dame, Michigan, LSU. Um, That is another one where, you know, in, in, in this offense, tight end, it's still, you know, we're still kind of waiting for the days of, of uh, Kyler Reed and Ben Cotton uh, in terms of having a tight end make an impact in the pass game, but you might be able to do something like that with a kid like this. His skill set looks to translate to that, um, and and the offense when it was run at Central Florida was very tight end friendly. Again, haven't seen that translate to the field with these first two seasons. That, that just maybe a trust thing with Adrian Martinez, but Thomas Fedoni is a very big target on the on the board for Nebraska, and Nebraska's got. Uh, a, a real good shot with him as well. I think geography helps Nebraska with this one. He's out of Council Bluffs. This would be, a, in my opinion, much more difficult if he was on the eastern part of Iowa Yep, because he would be closer to the Hawkeyes. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those things, as we talked about, it's really hard for Nebraska kids if you get that scholarship offer that, okay, you're definitely going to be leaning a lot more Nebraska, whether or not at the end you pick Nebraska, and obviously we've seen guys go Stanford, and we've seen guys go all over, but if you're a tight end in Iowa, and you're a like a big-time tight end in Iowa, mm-hmm. it's almost like, how do you not choose Iowa after the last few NFL drafts they've had of guys? Or even if you're a tight end in Omaha. And your Nebraska staff botches your recruitment. Well, there's there's that too. Omaha's <laughs> basically Council Bluffs, right? Um, I think that's the other way. But yeah, well, yeah, yeah. One, one or the two. There's a bridge somewhere in there. There's a, there's uh, gambling on one side, and there's a pedestrian bridge too. Yeah, yeah. You can you can walk to Iowa, uh, but yeah, it's it's one of those things that I think Nebraska with this staff benefits by his geography being in Council. Six four, six five, yeah. like. That's that's a good sized guy, two eighteen. You're gonna have to go against some of these schools that maybe have been utilizing their tight ends a little more than what Nebraska has. So yeah. how how do you how do you press that vision to this student athlete? How, how how do you let Fedone know this is how we're gonna use you? Because that's what it's gonna come down to. The school saying this is how we're gonna use you, and him saying I like that best. 
Yeah, and and sticking with football, I mentioned a kicker again. Nebraska's got another kicker, uh, Ryan Novosel. He's uh, going to walk on uh, out of Illinois, uh, and and another kicker battling for the job. And and who knows um, when we're going to be able to see uh, how many of these guys are going to you know get a chance. How many are going to you know be able to participate in that you know whatever first second game? Maybe they have a few uh, a few guys try kicks during that game to see what happens, but. Um, yeah, you got Jorgensen gone. You got Pickering gone. Um, th- th- that thing's wide open. Kicker and punter both wide open. Yeah, punter too. Yeah. Um, so w- when you look at that, I believe the message that has been sent right now with getting these walk-ons, getting guys to come <laughs> sign to kick and punt for Nebraska is as much as we loved the the, the story of Matt Waldock. That was that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and the possibility at the end of that Iowa game where we started thinking Waldock walk off. That that was a lot of fun to start thinking about, but this this staff is saying we're we're not going to have to go to the the club soccer team again. We're going to have guys yeah. here. Um, whether guys get their opportunities right away, they're going to be on campus. We're going to have guys working out to do this. Yeah. Um, one more thing before we get to our last break here. Um, Caleb mentioned it before we went to break. So we talked about this last week, two weeks ago, about how Wyoming had uh, a last donation week. from Craig Bull, the football coach. Uh, was he was just going to donate the money it would take to fill the scholarship money for any of those uh, athletes who had their spring sports seasons taken away? Anybody who wanted to do that again and have and have that chance to come back, Craig Bull was just going to foot the bill. Done. Um, obviously, you know, Power Five schools they've got plenty of money to throw around. There's no reason they wouldn't be able to do that. But is that how it's going to work? Yeah, Bear, athletic director for Wisconsin, Barry Alvarez. Uh, just came out and said that he thought the NCAA's decision to extend that option was um, oh the words weren't unreasonable but it was an overreaction that's that's the words he said he said it was an overreaction and that any athlete who exhausted their eligibility or would have exhausted their eligibility this spring is not going to be extended an offer to come back next year now what that is going to get into is I know at least on the track side, there's at least one national champion on the track mm. that should have had one more year. Yeah. There are a lot of Big Ten points on at least the men's side of track. I didn't look into the women's side. Yeah. Um, I, I know probably more about Wisconsin track than I do a lot of the other schools just because one of my former teammates is a, I believe, a grad assistant there, a volunteer assistant. The coach that actually recruited me to throw at Southern Illinois Edwardsville is the throws coach there. Oh, wow. the, the person who ended up being the head coach of the track team at SIUE, he's now the sprints coach at Wisconsin. Uh-huh. So I feel like there's there's a lot of so I've tried to follow them a little bit more. Yeah, there's a lot of talent that they're not allowing to come back. It's crazy that and that the transfers if they want to continue. You're going to see some high high profile people end up at other places. Yeah, the Wisconsin State Journal had a write up on this a statement from the university that they gave to the Wisconsin State Journal says, uh, "quote They made the decision to not pursue waivers that would extend the eligibility of our senior student athletes, and that student athletes in their fourth year of eligibility have concluded their years or their careers uh, with us." End quote. I, that just blows my mind. Like the NCAA is giving you the opportunity to let these kids do it again and and have that senior year that they lost. And we all know there is a lot of money getting thrown around in the Big Ten Conference because of all the TV deals, 
uh, because of the revenue sharing that it's it's equal amongst the teams in the in the Big Ten uh, amongst the schools. I I was mystified by that. Like, read the room. What are you doing? One don't the- don't become the villain when you can you know just yeah okay we've got plenty of money here you go do it and and the, have the coaches of those those spring teams make do and I Wisconsin doesn't have baseball. And so they don't have really like a. It's not a necessarily a revenue sport, but it's mm-hmm. it's a bigger, higher, higher profile sport, tier one sport of spring, especially. And they don't have that, and so maybe that's part of why they don't really care to do this to make an effort. Like it doesn't seem like the 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 smart move, the right move. Like just from a just from a PR standpoint, from a student athlete welfare standpoint, like there's nothing about that that screams, yeah, this is the right move, other than they want to save a few bucks. Just comes off as terrible. Two very quick things before we get to get to this last break. One of the reasons that they cited for doing this is because they didn't want to have this special group of students be able to do something that other students didn't, whether this those students missed out on finishing out their study abroad or missed out on, let's say they had a a dance recital or a music recital, some of those different things, to which I immediately just say, uh, as a school, you can go ahead and open up those opportunities for those students to do later because the NCAA doesn't govern what you do as a school with the rest of your students. Um, And then second of all, because Wisconsin has taken this stance, I can see other schools take this stance and possibly a conference as a whole somewhere taking this stance because someone's done it already someone's the bad guy yeah so they've let that domino fall i can see this other schools doing it and all of this is still dependent on there being a football season Let, let's let's be honest here yeah. that's where that's where the money is so if if they're if you get into the football season miss a couple home games that's going to be harder for folks to to have other people come back it all comes back to the money but because wisconsin has done this I believe some other schools are going to as well. Yeah, very true. And and look, just because one person does it and makes a precedent, it doesn't mean that that's good precedent. No, oh no, by no means. Like, uh, just what, Wyoming made a good precedent. Let's do that precedent. Yes. Yeah, couple former Huskers, uh, and they're making very different decisions with Barry Ooh. Alvarez and Craig Bull. It always comes back to Nebraska, baby. It does. All right, we're always coming back for you. Last break for us. We're gonna wrap this thing up right after this on the KLIN Husker Hour. Talking with current and former Huskers and those who cover the Big Red, this is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Wrapping this thing up, thanks again to Terrell Newby for joining us earlier. Um, we've got uh, just a couple more things. Uh, women's basketball, some more roster moves. Yeah, they've got a couple of transfers coming in. Texas Tech guard uh, Naila Dillard, she'll be coming in. We've also got from Cal a grad transfer, Michael Caden. She actually had committed to Nebraska, but there was a coaching change. So she went to Cal. She'll be transferring up here, um, trying to shore up that backcourt that has had a lot of attrition this uh, this offseason. Yeah, no doubt. With, uh, with losing your leading scorer, Leah Brown, sixth person, of the, sixth player of the year in the Big Ten, um, yeah, big shoes to fill. The, the number of starters have now either transferred or graduated from women's basketball. Amy Williams with a, with a tall task going into next year. Yeah. All right, we're back again next week. There's no sports, but there's still sports talk and plenty of news to discuss. We'll be back. Go Big Red.